Hey everybody, it's Justin. Just wanted to do a brief little intro here before we get into the podcast and thank you all for an amazing season. Uh, we truly appreciate each and every one of you, our listeners out there, and this season has been absolutely amazing with more people discovering the podcast and the show and cannot thank you enough. So thank you to all of you who interact with us on social media and who have listened to the podcast and just made it an absolute joy to do this year. Um, a couple things you should know. One, if you don't already know, we have done an interview with Amanda Bruegel that you need to listen to, especially after watching the finale, because we were the first people to talk to her that had seen the finale um, that she had got an interview with. So she gives us all kinds of great stuff about the character, about uh, finding out that she was going to be the one to help June escape. All of that stuff is in that interview, and it is fantastic. So listen to this and go check out that interview with Amanda Bruegel. It is absolutely fantastic. It'll be out on Thursday. Now, wanted to say a couple things. Uh, one, just to make this announcement clear, uh, our podcast, just like last season, will not be going away in the off season. Uh, we will draw back how much we do our podcast, probably about once a month for an official May Day podcast. But we will continue to cover the show and bring you all the news via social media when it comes out and continue to do podcasts uh, periodically on things that we think that you would be interested in. So any new movies, uh, any new shows that are out, like we watched Sharp Objects the other day, which is awesome. So maybe we're going to talk about that. Uh, we don't know yet. So we're going to play it by ear, but we will not be going away. And we will continue to bring you interviews and all kinds of great content from The Handmaid's Tale, bring you all kinds of news and updates about the show. You will hear that from us. So please stick around, stay subscribed, and we will bring you some fantastic stuff. Um, we'll probably be asking you, you know, what do you want us to be? What do you want to hear from us? And so we'll bring you what you want to hear and we'll bring you all kinds of great stuff. So again, thank you for a great season and, uh, Please continue to subscribe, and we will continue to make some content that hopefully you will enjoy. So, without further ado, here we are, the finale podcast. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Hey. Well, full boat again, just so everybody knows. Let's start uh, uh, whatever order you want to go in. I'm Sarah, and I'm back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi. How was the lake? It was fun. It was stressful and fun. <laughs> and I'm happy. I need a vacation for my vacation, like I think a lot of people feel right? when they get oh, home. Yeah, for sure. You're one of those people? I'm, I am. I'm not usually one of those people. Usually my vacation is being at work because I don't have to work around a ton of people all the time, unlike you guys who uh, have to uh, go from vacation to the youth of America. <laughs> so, 1,800 of them. There you go. I mean, <laughs> Crystal's like, whoa. I forgot mm. about that number. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Crystal's here. Say hi, Crystal. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. Crystal, you said you were shaking while you were watching this today. The whole time. Shaking with nervousness, excitement, anger, all the time. The whole, I like literally held my hand out and it was just like... Wait, anything in particular about this? Just the whole thing? All of it. Just, just all, all of it. it. Just the whole deal. We'll get into it. All right. Who else is here? I'm here. You're here. Well, it's hi, Tiana. I. Oh, hi, Tiana. Hi. How are you? I'm good. This was this was the episode I've never yelled at my screen this much before. It was a lot. What's that like? I yell at my screen all the I time. I don't normally. <laughs> normally it's just in my head, but I actually yelled out loud a lot. I see. In this episode. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing about that. And last but not least, Angie's here. Hi, Angie. Um, this episode I was cursing more than I usually do, and I was watching it during the day. And when I said, holy shit, when she slaps the commander, my kid was like, mama, I can hear you. You're not supposed to say that word. And I was like, ignore me. So, it was um, worth it. It was so worth it. I'm not here. I'm mm -hmm. not here. 
You don't hear anything mom says right I Sometimes I set a timer like you cannot come to the room unless somebody's hurt because this is what I'm doing for 55 minutes. Unless so. someone is bleeding. Right. <laughs> That's right. You come in and keep your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. That's what our rule was. Uh, me and Nikki went because we used to make the, the tragic mistake, both of us, when one of us would be out and like our child would start freaking out. You'd be, make the phone call to the other parent to try and calm him down. No, don't do it. Yeah. After don't a while, we were it. like... You just ruin the other parents' day. Exactly. Do You're it. like, no good can come of that. How about no. we don't do that unless somebody's dying or we're on the way to the hospital? Yeah. So we you don't can't do help. Anymore. You don't need to know. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way we do it. That's right. It's a great motto. All right. So uh, the finale in the books. Wow. I can't believe this was the last one. Oh, I know. Just... I put off watching it for a long time because it was like, but then it's over. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, I still can't so believe some of the things that happened in it. It was more unbelievable to me than anything else. It oh, packed yeah. a lot in. Oh, yeah. It was like, I can't believe that happened. She's not going to do it. She's not. She did it. Oh, she's not going to. She did it. Like, it was just there was a, a lot series of, of those no. things. It didn't feel too crammed and overdone, though. No. It was no, yeah. perfect. That's oh, man. true. The pacing was really well done. It was. That was a lot of events in one episode. It was. You all right there, Crystal? Crystal looks like she's freaking out. She's, she's freaking reliving out. it in her brains. I made a note that like I would have stopped watching this show if I was not so invested in the characters. Same. It just stresses me out so much. And I'm like, why am I wa- watching this darkness? But oh my god, I care about these people, and I have to yeah. know what happens. Exactly. Truth, I would have jumped ship after ten. Me too. If it weren't for that. All right. So overall, we thought this was a a good wrap up to the season. Yeah, I thought it was I like, think a good so. payoff. Yeah. yeah. The last few episodes being so, so rough. This yeah. was a this was a good payoff episode. There was definitely a lot of satisfaction. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so much yeah. for us as Enough. viewers. Yeah. Seeing um obviously the commander, like I mentioned before, get oh, hit yeah. by was June was amazing. awesome. And then I also was happy for Emily, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't know what Bradley Whitford's character was gonna be. I he that he is an amazing actor. I, I just yep. And last week, I know you guys talked about the West Wing or mentioned it a little bit. And I know somebody in this room doesn't know anything Um, about the West Wing. No, I will only be referring to him as Eric, as in (laughs) from Billy Madison. You got to say it how you normally say it. Eric. Eric. (laughs) All my notes refer to him as Eric. I know know he has an established, wonderful career. He's a phenomenal actor. Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Bradley Whitford. I respect yeah. you so much, Bradley Whitford. I'm so sorry. I don't I was so unsure about him because he was creeping me out in the last he was few years. Yeah. I felt like I was seventy percent sure that he was gonna be good though. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, yeah. I but half the time I was like, Am I just telling myself just trying that to be because too that's optimistic. what I want it to be? But I think once <laughs> they didn't go through with a ceremony and he oh, lied yeah. to Aunt, to Aunt Lydia, I think we knew he was yeah. definitely yeah. um going to be more helpful than hurtful. He could have given her a clue, though. Good grief. I know. Why didn't he let her in? Have but a little pity and I tell her something. I feel like it's good to just not give anything. You know, that's... I feel like it's probably, like, best practice for getting people out of the situation. That's like, you don't give them and You don't give anything away because you don't know... When people are scared and anxious, what kind of things they can give away. You um, know, visual, verbal cues. You can't let them know anything. Yeah, I didn't think that's about true. that. That's true, no. All right, and right, also, if he's, like, trying to plan something to get her out and something falls through then it just that's gives true. her right. false yeah. hope so well no because i had this moment where I, well, she did i had this moment when um when june put her hood on this is gearing up yeah she's like i gotta put my hood on oh yeah those eyes up. 
Uh, that, steely. And that face at the end. There was no way she's. That's the only thing that gave me any kind of like solace that she was gonna fuck shit up. Like she was gonna go yeah. do something amazing. I thought if she looked too peaceful, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, get the, the turn it back, rewind it, and jump on the fan, s- film the scene again. <laughs> well, she does have Serena seemingly on her side now. That at least was baffling oh, to me. At least for this episode, yeah. you never know. Oh, I don't know. I think Serena's been burned. I really wonder what Serena is going to think when, when Alfred comes back because June, you know, she she was basically giving, in her eyes, her baby to June. She was trusting June with her baby. And June has given the baby to somebody else now. <laughs> That's but a good point. it's all about the freedom, though, right? So, I yeah, don't know. The freedom and that Serena knows she desperately wants for the baby. Yeah. And when we get there, I'll talk about some yeah. issue that I had at the very end with okay. what she said, what her parting words with Emily were. I was not thrilled all right so let's get right to it so we open with uh june and rita not doing laundry necessarily but they're uh, taking eden's clothes off of the laundry clothes drying line (laughs) really the point of it is to let us know that one the heretics don't get to rest in peace they get used as animal feed which is what aunt lydia told them in the red center so he's not what not yeah yeah, so they give you a little uh, insight into (laughs) what happens to eden after she gets off the wall i don't know what the minimum i don't know what the maximum time on the wall is like once you you know, how long do you get to sit on the wall? Until there's a replacement? I don't know. I just know what June's voiceover told me at the beginning of the episode. Guys, there was something huge in my teeth and nobody told me about this. I Are we see real it. friends? No, okay. I couldn't see it. You didn't see it? Okay. I could see it. <laughs> I just got like huge. <laughs> Alright, so then we get June and Rita talking about Eden. Are you sure? Yeah. You sure you're good? I'm good. I mean, we, can, we can spin the rest of the Nope. I mean, we can. <laughs> Sorry. Have you ever had a time where something's got stuck in your teeth and like you didn't no know about it until you? nobody's I told you? Thank you. Always. Thank you. I knew you would. I was like, what is this? Because I am paranoid, and I expect you all to tell me. We will. Absolutely. We'll let you know. All right, so Rita and June talking about Eden, and Rita really regretting the way she's treated Eden in general. It's kind of this post-death, how I treated this person was pretty awful. Yeah. Talking about how she didn't have a cutting board for her, and she was only a child, and she treated her like shit. She should have been nicer. And June makes the point that I, I slept with her husband. So, <laughs> trying to make her feel less it bad. It's like kind of funny, though. I thought they were going to start laughing. Right. Nobody laughed. No one laughed. No one laughed at all. Um, so and then June's unpacking this box, which comes back to basically set up everything in this episode. Uh, unpacks Saddest this little box. Sad, sad, sad box with the teddy bear. So and small. a picture. I couldn't see who was in the picture, though. And a copy of the Bible. Bah, bah, bah. Which... By the way, fully annotated. Yeah. Yes. By the way, when it came out, and uh, like the fact that it was a book, and that she shouldn't have had it in the first place, didn't even like dawn on, dawn on me at all. Bible. No, didn't even not at all. Not until she was like talking to Serena about it in the next uh, scene. Did anybody like catch? It? Was that like a thing? No. Okay. That seemed obvious. Like to me, it was like almost like because there's like such a religious, you know, society that like oh they have a Bible and then you're like oh wait it's yeah, not no, supposed to read. Bible is locked up. Right. But I wonder. Because we all thought that Eden grew up in this society, probably for most of her childhood, but it might she might have been a part of a family that was just a Christian family, right? And and then, well, because why turnover. does she know how to read? Right. And how does she know how you know? How does she even know what it's like to read about Bible and annotate it? Right? I think she probably did that before this. The turnover. Yeah, that's true. Because like she was fifteen. Right. So the turnover probably happened within the last five, five years. years. Right. And she was probably taught to read when she was five right. or right. six, like most kids. I thought about that, and That's a fairly common thing, annotating the oh, Bible. Yeah, I did that, yeah. So we do. Uh, we go out to June, Serena, and uh, Nicole, as we're calling the baby, uh, in the greenhouse. 
and June brings the Bible to Serena to show her that Eden was reading and writing her notes of the Bible, and I, you know, she's kind of freaking out because she's like, how are you going to save your child and keep her from ending up like this when all Eden was doing was trying to understand what the hell was going on and feel better about the situation that she was in? So what did you guys think about this one? I mean, the two lines, she will understand the word of God, she won't be able to read it. I mean, that was really punchy. I didn't think Serena would take it seriously. I honestly didn't. I thought it would just be another confrontation between the two of them where June points out something horribly obvious and Serena's just like, oh, well, and moves forward. I didn't think it would be as impactful. I think it would have been if June wouldn't have pushed it because now June's kind of in a different place with Serena at this point, having gone through all the things they've gone through, them being the only two in this scene. So I think had it been any other time or maybe earlier on, it would have probably ended with Serena kind of brushing her off and not really going anywhere. But I think what was, what really hit me is she said she was trying to understand God. Right. And then, and then really saying like, what are you going to do to protect her? Like you see what's happening now. What are you going to do? And it looked like Serena swallowed a bag of sand. I think in that moment was like, how am I going to keep her? I can't even keep myself safe. I can't keep anyone safe. Right. Well, I think it speaks to last week's point that I don't think Serena really thought Eden would die. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that it's, you know, taken a toll on her a lot more than maybe we thought it would have a few episodes ago. Yeah. I mean, when we were a little harder on her. Yeah. Um, I think Serena thought that she had a higher standing, but what she's realizing is like women do not matter in this society yeah. at every at every rung of the ladder or what strata of society they don't matter at all. Voiceless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually have, I think this show has demonstrated over and over again that the, the wives have a lot less standing than we thought they were going to have right. when you mm-hmm. first started the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just like Martha's for the most part. They just get babies. They don't have any value. The men don't even like honor. You should have the whole like Christian of like you honor your wife and you like you care for her and you yeah, show no. That's even the, part of the Bible they ignore. love her. <laughs> but they don't even do that culturally in their like in their social situation. Right. They don't pay attention to their wives at all. I think last episode and this episode and some of what we haven't gotten to yet in this episode has just been a series of breaking down Serena's self-assurances that it wouldn't be like that for her. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be like that for her daughter. That's not really what it is like. They feel like she had always been telling herself that it's not that bad. Mm. You know, it's small sacrifices, small sacrifices to make for being closer to God or whatever. And uh, I think this is the systematic breaking down of all of those reassurances she gave herself, and that's why we get to where we get to at the end of the show. And Eden was the perfect character to drive that change right. because yeah. Eden was so innocent and so right. young and just so yeah, devout. Just young enough for Serena to feel motherly about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was so devout, too, which was their whole thing, to get closer to God. And so was, she was the perfect character to do that, with, and that book was the perfect book to do it with, to turn Serena. Right, yeah. the fact that all the other people who have been punished or that broke the law or that were, you know, killed were all these people that were in Serena's eyes kind of outside of right. the society and not heretics. pious and no, heretics. To, yeah, and it's easier, easier to, to nice. And so this is really the first time she's confronted with someone who that she herself said is a pious and good girl, you know, and in her eyes was kind of kind of model for what they were going yeah. for. I think she saw a lot of herself in her. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, so she kicks her, she kicks, uh, kicks a June out of the greenhouse. And I love how she stands outside the door, though, and just looks at her. That was pretty oh, great. Yeah. That was kind of great. <laughs> Giving her a mean mug there. I want to find it and make a gift out of it, because she gives her this, like, little, like, head tilt, kind of like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, what are you going like, to do? All right, bitch, like, I, I see you. I'm going to back out of here so don't do anything crazy, but I'm watching you. Exactly. I'm going to find it. So next to scene is Nick. Uh, starts with Eden's father, June, Rita, mm. Serena. Everybody's kind of in the end, stupid Fred. 
is uh, in, I guess they're in his study. They're somewhere. They're like in the, no, the, the den. They're like in the, the godly den. home, they're Justin. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where they're at. Remember what Eden's dad said? Thank you so much for letting her in oh. her godly home. It's, oh. the same, it's the same room where um, when June was First came not back. really pregnant, she got the cattle prod, you know, when the oh, guys were there okay. inquiring oh, about yeah, like the, uh, like a, Emily. Yeah, yeah it's that I remember room. that. Yeah, Eden's father is essentially apologizing for... The behavior. <laughs> behavior of his daughter, who oh, he's yeah. just seen killed. And Fred's just like, yeah, wasn't so great, was it? He's just piling it on. Just, damn, Fred is just guy. all over it. And teach your younger daughter oh. to see the error in her sister's ways. Exactly. And, and oh, Ser- it's disgusting. And Serena's trying to smooth it out a little bit. And then it's revealed that they turned, turned her I in. Know, I know. I was, that her was own my, parents. What the fuck moment of this? And Serena is just like. Oh God! Rita's gotta go. And yeah, and June Rita has like to leave the room. Throw up. Yeah. yeah, as she should. Yes. I just I, t- I wrote here. June just cannot fucking play by the rules. Like she's just no. got nothing left. No, I think. When she asked, like, you turn her in. I mean, like, unbelievable. Even Serena was sitting there looking like this is unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. That was a note I made. I was like, oh, the fact that June even like spoke out in the middle of that whole conversation was, oh, yeah. you know, something that shouldn't be tolerated, you know, but Oh, yeah, and that was definitely, like, a... She didn't plan that. She was just, right. like, genuinely it was, shocked. She couldn't even, yeah. <laughs> so her and Serena are, like, exchanging these glances, like... And June's like, see? I told you. This shit's fucked up. You know what was so heartbreaking about it, though, that when he said that she came home with him, and I, I think about what was she trying to... What was she trying to accomplish or what did she think was going to happen mm-hmm. going back to her family? Did she think yeah. she, we're going to actually be able to be a family and I'm going to have a husband that I'm in love with? I, like, well, what was she imagining that yeah. reunion was going to be like? I think she's 15 I and she thinks say, yeah. that if she can, if she's come to this realization that she's in love with Isaac and that this is what God would want, that she probably thinks she could convince her family who love her more than anything, supposedly, um, that to feel the same way and that she can make them see the, you know, the error of all of this and try and convince them to Ugh. also she's probably terrified and just wants to see her parents exactly she's a kid she's scared uh the dad leaves everybody leaves and as fred is walking by june she gives him a uh what are you gonna do when they come for your daughter and he closes the door and comes back and slaps her in the face yes. is anyone surprised no I I not he never it. needs to close the door to be violent no. i was weirded out by the fact that he was like i need a little privacy so i can slap my handmaid I mean, I he could have. I know he could have. He doesn't trust June and what she would do. I think he knows that. And oh, you think? Yeah, that maybe he knows. I don't tr- really trust this lady. She's got the balls that I don't have. Really, mm-hmm. is what I want to say. <laughs> I think the closing of the door was that I need to frighten her because I'm realizing right now she's not fucking. She's got of the me. upper hand. Right. Yeah. She understands way too much about me. I don't know if he understands all that, right? But. He knows enough that June is just, like, not afraid anymore. She doesn't give a shit. Right. And I think that's why he closed the door. Like, maybe if I, like, can get her alone, isolated, smack her, like, yell at her, maybe she'd be scared. And obviously she fucking Show wasn't her scared. Show yeah. Scared at all. Her slapping him back was just... Oh, that was awesome. one of the Shout best, it. most satisfying things I've ever seen on television. I thought they were going to fight. I'm like, this is going to be my life. This is what I've been waiting for. They just, like, go at it. She's picking up shit and throwing at him. That's the handmaid from Detroit. That's it. If we fight, if you if we exchange two slaps oh no I'm finding anything in the room that I can and reach Get you. throw it at your ass and she got him she's not fucking around no she she got him good and uh, he uh, returns his favor kind of puts his uh, hands around her neck puts her on the couch she don't look he scared he grabbed her by the face no she's she's like, her. whatever bitch yeah, let's yeah, go exactly and he gives her this he gives her this bible oh, so verse good. I actually looked this up to see what it was 
Um, it's Proverbs twenty two fourteen. Sort of. They sort of bastardize it, which I thought was interesting. They do that often. They do. The official one is the mouth of an adulterous slash immoral slash fallen slash whatever mm-hmm. terrible kind of woman you can yeah. think of is a deep pit. A man who is under the Lord's wrath falls into it. And he doesn't quite word it that way. He says the mouth of a woman is a deep pit. Even fools therein will suffer. And so he leaves out the part that it's not all women, but I guess those are all the women in Gilead. As we kind of learn later that even the husbands for their wives don't really seem to see them as any better than the rest of them, even though they would like to have us convinced that they do. Uh, so June, she just looks satisfied to me. Like She was just like, that was great. Let's do it again. Can we, can we go another round? Let's keep go. saying your words. Just, just keep talking. Just you. keep talking. Uh, so scene four, Rita, Rita and yeah, June, yeah. tending to June's face, uh, and she's just asking how she was, giving her some ice, and she says she thinks she broke her hand. <laughs> Rita's <laughs> and Rita's praise be <laughs> was pretty great. Um, so we'll have to ask, we'll have to ask uh, Miss Amanda Bruegel about that tomorrow. Uh, and Rita walks out, and Nick's walking in, and she says, "Your girlfriend is badass." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome, um, and that's kind of good because uh, still to this point, we've kind of been relatively sure of what side of the line Rita was on, but we've sure. never really gotten too much of a an official indicator. I feel like we knew where her heart was at, but like we didn't know if she felt strongly enough to be open about it. Right. You know, right. Or if she was just more concerned with getting on and staying alive. Yeah, and I think for her, just like Serena, maybe that Eden kind of pushed that over the edge for mm-hmm. her because she was really upset. And this is the first time we've really seen her get you know, visibly crying upset about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nick comes in. And uh, he gets to hold the baby. Uh, that was a pretty cool moment. He looks like so realistically awkward holding the uh-huh. baby. Yeah, I was like just that. like just first time new dads look. Like, like a, it was adorable like and very oh, oh. real, and also like the most modern you know uh, situation they found themselves in. The, the most closely resembling like what is reality to us today. Mm-hmm. It was it was really interesting to see. Also, th- I think that was the first genuine for real smile Nick has ever had in the show. Yeah, yeah that was a oh, that might be because it was sure. like startling how different he looked. Oh. And you saw in Rita's face that she knew what was happening, and that was cool. Yeah. And not that she didn't know before, but right now we know. Yeah, because she, she does. She doesn't right. even respond earlier when when Juven says I slept with her husband. Yeah, right. She knew from. She's the like, oh, okay. Yeah. I also got really nervous during that scene, though. I don't think anyone else got super nervous. Oh, yeah. Because she walked away. I was like, oh, my God. She walked away. Is she setting them up? What's going to happen? <laughs> and the, the camera, the <laughs> shots were very weird. And oh, yeah, they were, like, true. lower and kind of wobbly. And yep. I thought, like, if someone in the room it was very watching. watching. It was scary. Yeah, it was Yeah, very... it was like someone was watching them. Yep. I didn't think that she was going to turn them in or anything like that. But I was just like, where are the Waterfords? Like, right. It's right. been a while. Where are they? That's what I was thinking. I thought she could keep a watch for them. And let them know that Fred or Serena were coming. Right. So when she left, I was like, how are they going to know Fred and Serena come? Yeah. Well, they don't seem to care no. usually who's around or what they're doing. There was this nice moment with uh, her and Nick. And she's like, look what we, or Holly. And she calls her Holly and says, this is your daddy. Uh, look what we made. And, and she says to Nick, and this is very important. She tells Nick that she loves him. And I thought yeah. that was a very important yes. part of this whole deal. Because up until now, Nick has said that to her, but she has not said it back. She is not mm-hmm. reciprocated. Until I know the moment. team Nickers were just the team like Luke people are crazy. like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, team. my husband's team Luke, so mm. he was not thrilled with that. He's like, but she's got a husband and another baby that she knows is alive. Mm-hmm. Like, because earlier on, she didn't know. She assumed Luke died in the forest, which I think is a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. But now she knows Luke's there and alive and fighting for her. Even I don't have a team. <laughs> like, I don't care. 
but I can I can understand Team Luke's side because now she knows he's alive and he's fighting for her fighting, but he's doing things. And is it okay to love more than one person? That was my argument. <clears throat> I played devil's advocate in that situation, and I was like, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think yeah. it's totally possible, and I don't think you can help it. Well, what right. she is, I don't is think here. it's something you get to make a decision about, right? She only has guarantee of what is here. True. Right. She has no guarantee of Luke and Hannah anywhere else, but she knows right here. This is the love that I have. That's and right. she's grabbing it wherever she can. Remember, yeah. that's what she told Eden yeah. last week. Said. I referred yeah. to. I referred to that part too. I was like, "Well, this is where she is. Grab it where you where you have it anywhere. You know where it's available in this hellhole." <laughs> <laughs> well said, Angie. Well said. All right, so next one, we got uh, the handmaids walking by the wall. Emily, Janine, June, and uh, some lady that we can't see. We never see her face. Yeah. The Why fourth, even throw her in? The fourth one. Because they travel in pairs, so they're going to have to oh, be that's right. together. Um, so Janine is uh, asking June Hilarious. if Eden this and Isaac are together in heaven, and June is like, they should be together here. <laughs> Janine is like, why you gotta be so negative all the time? Yes. <laughs> Points at the eye. She's like, do you see me? Oh, no. Do you see me talking about the bad stuff all the time? No. You're just like, oh, gee, we love you so much. She's great. The little part, she goes, tequila. I know. I most. I'm like, see, Janine is the crazy girl from the Ghost of the Club with you. Yes. And she's like, three rounds, girls. You're That's like, right. okay, Janine. <laughs> Cake so, and tequila. Yeah, so they take a look. And we get a, this is our first shot from above the wall, which I thought was interesting. Because we've not actually seen anyone from the top of the wall. And so we get that view of them actually hanging from the top of the wall from the top of the wall. And then they walk down, and Emily's talking about how she's got her first... Uh, ceremony with commander lawrence that evening and then they're both talk- they're all talking about how it's awkward which i thought yeah I, I can't see when it wouldn't be awkward do you just ever like get in the routine of that i guess maybe you do i don't know i guess you check out it would but... be mostly awful all the time i would think yeah but uh there's this nice emily june interaction where she's talking about her son's birthday coming up and uh being happy that she had come back to see and got to see everybody and generally probably being happy that she wasn't in the colonies anymore I took it as like an unspoken, not apology to June, but like a, like a tacit agreement of like, I freaked out, but I know you're right, and he is my son, and I do dream of him. And so it was kind of bridging that little separation that had happened at Loaves and Fishes, yep. where they, she was like, I don't have a, you know, right. all that. So I thought that was cool, and it gave June a sense of like, I see what you were trying to help me with, and I'm willing to go there with you now. Right. So I thought that was cool. And so June says they should uh, celebrate his birthday because his birthday is coming up. He's going to be seven. And they should bake a cake, says Janine. Um, and I was talking to Delia Harrington, who's a woman that we have talked to on the podcast a couple times. And I needed to get some information because I had not watched the episode yet. And I was interviewing Madeline Brewer on Friday. And I was like, I just need to know if there's anything that has to do with anything with her. Just tell me. And so she was telling me. And she's like, <laughs> I think her line was, Janine says they should bake a cake. And no one tells her that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just nice because they're all kind of living out this fantasy of like like Crystal said the tequila, and she was like, "Oh, tequila, I miss you the most." <laughs> so it was just kind of cool to see them interacting with each other like that. But yeah, I did like that. You know, Emily was kind of basically saying to June, "Yeah, you were right. I was a little off the rails." Yeah. Not that anybody can blame her for all the right, shit she's no. been through, right? No. All right. So scene six. Here we go. Time for the wives to uh, Lady Putnam. Yeah. Lady Putnam was looking Brings very. Her icy she was looking. Into the scene. Yes, she was yeah. looking very Lady Putnam esque oh, yes. with the hair, like the whole yeah, deal, uh-huh. and like coming out. Looking. She even had like a little collar, right? or something. <laughs> Walking out onto her balcony, overlooking the the, the ballroom. Yeah, quite a house, right? Oh. Every time they're oh. in it, I'm like, how do you live there? Oh, <laughs> like, man. It's a lot of Where house. do you go to relax? Right. 
I don't know. Uh, old, I don't know. Old Warren, one arm Putnam, he did pretty good in Gilead House Hunters. Somehow. That yeah, <laughs> big goofball. I know. Well, you know, yeah, that's, that's what house. it is. He got first pick or something. Maybe. He might have. Uh, that was also the interesting thing towards the end of the episode where they're doing the Martha Underground Network relay team uh-huh. yeah. um, to the, oh, yeah, to the to end of the thing. Oh, yeah, to see the different houses. To see all the backyards of all the houses and, like, the ones with, like, the big elaborate fountains and all the kind of crazy shit. Oh, the one shit. with the big pool. Right, I was like, exactly. whoa, right, what yeah. do they do with that now? <laughs> exactly. Pretty sure they aren't allowed swimsuits. Oh, that's a good point. What is the oh, swimwear? Yeah. What is like, the what swimmer? Do you do? Do, what, do they use the pool for anything? It's still clean and, like, Killing people? Like, what do they do? <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is they your killing people. I don't know. That's this is weird. your murder pool. That's where they did. That's what they did with all the old kettlebells. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I don't mean to make a joke about it, but seriously, I was like, I guess no one, no ladies are, you know, Working going to out. the gym and throwing around kettlebells. I guess they use oh, them to that's funny. kill people. So weird. So, Not a funny joke. I did think it was interesting. <laughs> I think it was hashtag murder pool. <laughs> Murder pool. Everybody gets hashtag one. hashtag murder bell. There you go. Ugh. Oh no. I did think it was interesting now that um so baby Charlotte slash Angela is doing pretty well right now she's healthy and happy and gaining weight as Lady Putnam has said and I did think it was interesting now that the tables are sort of turned because now Serena's the one with the fussy baby that won't did be quiet. Did you see Lady Putnam looking really annoyed that uh-huh. the baby mm-hmm. was fussy? Yep. <laughs> she was like surprise, right there. Surprise! So she started fussing. Exactly. So that was pretty funny that the tables were kind of turned on Serena there who was talking some smack on. Lady Putnam, rightfully so, because she's a pretty miserable person in general. But, yeah, so they uh, go down, and her and Lady Putnam are discussing the future of their daughters. Yeah, they have the most, like, awkward feeling each other out conversation ever, where they're like, I don't trust you, but I need you, so I'm gonna say some things and hope that you don't (laughs) think that I need to be drowned in the hashtag murder pool. (laughs) It was very weird. It was. It was very, very halting. Uh, it was very like, do you want this? I want this. Do you want this? I think you want this. It was even like, I had a thought. <laughs> Did you also have a thought? Do you have thoughts? Was your thought leaning this direction? Are My we allowed to have leaning thoughts? leaning this direction. Do you think right some now. other ladies have thoughts that might be in the same general direction? I think somebody very vague. did have it, right? Was yeah. Had, yeah. I don't remember her name, but Yeah, because she said, uh, somebody has opinions, shocker, or something like that. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Because she What's was ma- basically making fun of her. I, yeah, then, I thought that yeah. was interesting that she still gets in a little, like, dig at oh, somebody yeah. else in that moment. But does really? Serena say that, something like, I'm I'm interested in hearing what those thoughts are mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. um, I think you should be interested in hearing them, too. Yeah, so. exactly. So I it's kind of well. laying the foundation for what we get a little later. Um, it makes me wonder how the intro of that conversation went with, like, that mass of women in there, though, because, right. like, that is – you see how, how halting and awkward and difficult that that tiny little bit of sliver of conversation about possibly having a conversation was between only two people and then to walk in a room of, like, 12 wives right. and propose crazy things like the right to read for your daughters. Like, that must have been – I guess the biggest risk either of them has ever taken. Well, it'd be it'd be in this world because the, you know, it ends right there where they walk down and they're both kind of standing there, right. like that you can tell they're getting to say something to them. And I also think like would the wives really even say anything if it if they came out and said, "Oh no, that's crazy. We don't want to do that." Would they? Would they even turn on each other? Do they even feel that kind of? I think they probably would. I, I yeah. would think like some. I would feel like somebody surely would have had a stronger self-preservation instinct, mm-hmm. or like some woman who doesn't have a child yet and like really can't fathom yet what that would be like, or who has a boy. 
Yeah, right. doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. or some crazy true right. believer. Like, you know, right. there's – I just feel like in that number of women, the risk of there being somebody who would rat them out was so high. I'm shocked they did it. Yeah, I guess they all also were internally like, I would like to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I miss books. I remember when. Reading would be like, great. they have nothing else to do. They knit. They have nothing to do. They don't even have gyms. See? They, they knit no and they garden. Are gone. Yeah, they knit and garden. I don't know if everybody gardens. I know Serena gets to, but do you see Lady Putnam gardening? No, no not really. No. I don't see her. I don't see her doing nice things for living things. Or anything nurturing. Yeah. yeah. Like, she'd yeah. be like, why is this like, flower growing? Ah! Yeah, it's like, like rip country it out. club, tennis, talking shit with the girls over mimosas. Is that what you think? That's what she did. Yep. Yeah. That was her life before. Yeah. Shopping and then going to work at her law office and yelling at people. There you go. There you go. Spinoff. Lady Putnam. <laughs> Lady Putnam, attorney at law. Like yeah. It. All right, so now we're back at uh, Commander Lawrence's house with Emily. And this is all going to get very interesting very quickly. Time to light the match. So she goes downstairs and there's music playing. At least I think there is. Because there's a point in this scene where I'm like, is the music really playing? Or right. is the music uh, in her head? Same. Because the music, like... Or is it just background for the audience and yeah, not happening in the scene? Yeah, it kind of it seemed like it was in the room that she like went downstairs. I it was in the room. And, I there, thought so, too. Yeah, but there got a point where, like, he walked in right before that, and it was like, it doesn't feel like it's in the room anymore. It felt like it was... I felt like once he walked know. in, he was in the room to mess with the music. I thought that, too, but he didn't. He was looking for orange juice. Uh, so the, the song that is playing is called Ichiku Park by Small Faces for anybody keeping score at home. I did look that up. Uh, so Emily's trying to figure out what the hell's going on down there because they're supposed to be having their ceremony. And so uh, this room, I guess, is like the ceremony prep room for her because I think they're supposed to like kneel in front of the fireplace and do a thing. They say a prayer. Something. Don't they all together? We haven't seen it in so long in the yeah. proper way that I've kind of forgotten. But in I think, the proper yeah. Way well, I know, like, that. it was like, in the first uh, uh, season. Yeah. They say a prayer together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's always kneeling somewhere on like a pillow and then they both come in and then they do the thing. Yeah. Right. yeah, I thought it was really interesting that, like, they still had the red pillow, mm-hmm. but it was just, like, on the couch with other pillows. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was it was very different. Like, the thing still existed there because they're supposed to have it. Yeah. And so she's got – it's interesting because there's, like, nobody else in this house except for her and him and – The Martha. The Martha. Cora, who I – we haven't talked about the fact that, that Cora is the name of this Martha. I thought Martha that was yet. so nice that they were, like – Let's have a Cora. Oh, Let's yeah. Have a yeah, because uh, for those who don't know, they, they... And wasn't in the book, wasn't Cora the one that was Cora more... was the, really the main Martha mm-hmm. character in the book. And, and she, Rita was kind of... she was, was less a... reserved than Rita Yes, in the book. she was... You know, she was the more... And she's kind of like this one is. At least. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, remember in the very first scene, he's like, give me some OJ. And she's right. like, get, get it yourself, yourself old man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> that was a cute little interaction. That's when I thought Bradley Whitford's character, won't call him Eric... Um, yeah, I thought he it. was gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna be super weird. Yeah, but good. Like yeah. I didn't think he'd be like a nurturing father figure, but I thought something At special. Least maybe that he you would traumatize he would be... her further. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I knew it'd be super creepy, especially when the wife came into play. I was like, all right, they're not normal, but maybe in a good way. Especially yeah. because he, his wife was um mentally ill, but like he seemed. Yeah, but at that point, her? like, you couldn't tell if she was mentally ill due to the situation or if she was naturally oh, already nice. mentally ill. Yeah. That's true. Like, how, how Jane Eyre versus how much, like, 
trauma-induced anxiety <laughs> right. are we talking? I think it could have been a combination of both, right? Yeah. You can be mentally ill and be controlled or have yeah, medication yeah. And, and routines that help you, and then you don't. And then I wonder what happens to people crumbles. that need medication for mental illness I know. in this society. I guess they stop getting it because they would stop making it. Well, they would be sent to the colonies, probably. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. No, uh, true. Uh, I they would even see if I didn't hang on the wall, I would be screwed a different way. <laughs> yeah. I would really, be, I would really be in trouble. Now, the other important part of this is that she goes and peeks in the room, like she's looking, and nobody's in there. And so then she goes and acquires the sharp, pointy object that I thought she was going to acquire yeah. last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this she goes into the kitchen where nobody is, and the kitchen is quite in a. It's like it's shit is everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a little dormish. It's yeah. uh, all over the place. So Cora does not seem to really give a shit. Um, she she grabs a knife, stuffs it in her robe, and goes back. And I was kind of kind of torn at this point whether she was like getting ready to kill herself or kill him. I thought she yeah, was once she her. kneeled on the pillow, I was I like, was don't impale yourself. Don't impale yourself. Whatever you do. In that short moment, I thought, don't, don't. She kind I of thought like she this. may kill him and then kill herself, but I didn't think it would just be herself. Like, she mm-hmm. seems like the type that Oof. they would, like you say, like, somebody out with her, somebody out. F shit up right before then right. she kill herself. Yep. She'd know That's what her true. fate was and want control over it. And You know what I mean? But like, she would take everyone down in flames. So he comes in the room and He's looking for Cora, so he gets some orange juice, uh, but she's gone. Nobody knows where she's at. Uh, he asks Emily why she's there, which is hilarious. And she's like, we got a ceremony. And he's like, like no. I know. And not only not doing that, we're not, I'm not doing that with you, is how he said it. Yeah. Which was very interesting. Like, yeah. Like, I didn't really know what to make of that just because he felt sorry for her and he didn't want her to have to go through that. Well, I he clearly know, knows her whole past. Yeah, I think he, it, that's just kind of a He knows who her, she is. Like, hey, I'm especially not going to have sex with you because I think that maybe he still is hanging on to some of those crazy values that Gilead has, right? Guys, I'm not she killed that. her last... <laughs> He's pretty sure that she was responsible for that. He's like, I'm not going to have sex with you so you can stab me to death, which she was intending to do. (laughs) Yeah, if he knew all that other shit, he knew that he knows she everything. Has something she's, to do with. Yeah. So you think he, he's a little... like, I'm not having sex with you crazy. Yeah. So go get some toast. So he didn't want to be another part of the Emily body count is what no, you're saying. No, yeah. Well, yeah, and thought. he clearly has a, like a, a jokey rapport with Cora. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure he was trying to kind of build whatever he has with Cora because he didn't know that she was going to do what she did after that and like leave. So I'm sure he was trying to be like, not with you. Uh, like, and then yeah. move on and kind of have that like mean right. joke thing. Yeah. Banter. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, yeah, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. So now, Serena, scene eight. Here we go. Serena's going to the chamber of the men. Whatever I don't know. What are we calling this? Is they called it a council meeting. Yeah, is that what they said? It was really dark in there. So dark. I think that every time. That's because they have a burlesque. Man, they're allowed to read. Where are their lights? They had little desk lights. I just so strange. It it makes them all. Uh, seem even weirder, like like it's going to be some eyes wide shut stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, like it just, I don't, I don't know. They're not it's doing weird. anything anyway. It's weird. So we had eyes wide shut. That was a Jezebel. So that was the eyes wide shut stuff. Yeah, it sure. Without was. the masks, really, and the constant. I mean, without lots of things. And the constant, constant piano, piano playing. <laughs> I can imagine. Did you see that movie? That I can movie. imagine someone who was a piano person, like just like wanting it's to like maddening. ram a nail into oh, their my head God. because like. I hear piano in every piece. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like... Whoa. So hearing that, I remember going to see that movie and we were in watching it. And it's oh, a in fairly... The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's fairly out there movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. But there is this one like piano riff that mm-hmm. plays. And it's like, I don't it's know how many... It's one single key at a time, yeah. too. Oh. It's not like yeah. a song that's put together with chords. And, and it's stuff. throughout the entire movie. And, and they're it's got, repetitive. There got to a point where it happened for the five millionth time. 
And some guy, it was like dead silent in the theater. And some guy just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. It was hilarious. So Serena walks into the Eyes Wide Shut meeting with the other commanders. And uh, some guy drops that, some shade on Fred. Did you, did you forget your lunch there, Waterford? Eh, oh, a little ribbon. Which just shows how big of a doof Waterford is if everybody ribs on him like and that. And he, he's like in the seat of power in this situation. Right? Did, you reala- did you notice that? Like him... And one arm Putnam. Yep. I was yeah. like, what? Yep. How are these the two, two in an powers. important seat? Old one arm Putnam seemed to be, he seemed to be the, the you know. The, well, the he most... was ready to not lose that other arm. Right? He's like, whatever you say, ladies. <laughs> 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 I've been on the wrong side of this fight before. Uh, so she comes in there and she's very cordial and thanks them for letting her be there and talks about the fact that they are allowed to amend or suggest amendments to the laws and that they have a suggestion for an amendment. Uh, I thought this was interesting because I couldn't really tell if Fred or Warren really knew what the hell was going on. Like, I felt they, like they kind of knew she was coming. Like, I think they might have to. Like, he didn't look surprised that she was there. He, he just looked really annoyed. He, look, he, he looked he always, so annoyed. He so irritated. He's like, why you come there? here and like, embarrass uh, me in front of my friends? Me. Right. But I couldn't tell. Obviously, he didn't know quite to the extent, clearly, of she what she was going it. to do. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably was like, hey, Fred, I got an idea that we want to roll past you guys. And he was like, okay, I'll come. Come talk to us about it. Not knowing that she was going to, like, bring in the army of wives and read from the Bible. Read from the Bible. Uh, so that's what happens. She uh, comes in and brings the wives in, and they talk about how they would like to, uh, I don't know how they word this, about wanting to be able to read the Holy Scripture, and that they want the children, boys sons and girls, and sons and daughters, yeah. to be taught to read it. Now, there's a couple interesting things that I made a note of here, that they refer to it as the Holy Scripture and never the Bible in this scene, and that mm-hmm. also they always refer to it as him and never God or Jesus or any facsimile thereof. And somebody, there's a couple people on Facebook that have made a point of telling me, like, Jesus is never mentioned. Jesus yeah, is never I've mentioned. noticed that. Ever, ever, ever in any religious talks of Gilead. Uh, God is, maybe. God but, is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But also, I just thought it was interesting that they never referred to it as the Bible. She just called it the Holy Scripture when she talked about it. It is also mm-hmm. interesting, though, that they are referring to scriptures in the New Testament. If there is no Christ in this, then why are they referring to those scriptures? That is really interesting, interesting to me. Now, there was an interesting, this is totally a little tangent here, but somebody made the point of, Last week when they killed Eden, that the Gilead guy was reading from the Old Testament to justify his actions, and that she started doing the New Testament to justify her feelings of loving Isaac, and that it was kind of interesting to see those two mm. things kind of juxtapose each other. Hmm. But, but our Bible says Holy Bible. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a Bible. It's like a '90s style Bible. Yeah. I had one that looked a lot like that. Yes. The leather cover. Yeah, right. With a little or the leather. It looks, it looks like it would would have precious moments. And I did, it did strike me as the how and I'd forgotten this because. I haven't been to church since I was 18. Um, but how personal, like, the Bible is, like, your Bible is to yeah. you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah like, because my, my mom and dad always had theirs, and it was like, you know, like Fred's is when he whips it out before he mm. beats Serena, and it's got, like, all the post-it notes hanging out of yeah, it, and everything's, right. like, highlighted, and so, yeah, it's this very personal, like, thing for especially hardcore religious people. So I thought that was an interesting note there. Um, so she starts reading, and it's interesting to hear, like, the reactions around from the wives when yeah, she busts out the Bible. Going like, oh shit. Yeah, I, I did not know this was going to happen. I did make this note that Lady Putnam clearly didn't know because she was yeah. like, uh, Serena, what, what, what what's happening? Doing? And then right before she starts reading, there's this little voice from someone that goes, don't. <laughs> She's like, don't do it. Like all of a sudden, Serena reads this whole verse and I didn't even write down what it was. I've been dying to ask you guys. Oh, no, it was. It was John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And 
Yeah, at this point, you start hearing, though, footsteps and mm. the door. And I was yeah. like, oh, are they coming to get Serena? That's what I thought first. But then they like do oh, this pan shot overhead. And it's really the wives like going, oh. That was some bail not, shit. We're scooting out of here I'm now. not here right now. And so they all kind of leave one by one. That's like that's like protesting one on one, right? Like if you do it all together, they can't get all of you. But I feel okay, like they could have. But I feel like protesting one on one also has to be he like all of them. I know the whole plan, and you're gonna do something crazy that you didn't tell me you were gonna do. That's true. And he had already thing she thought was gonna happen. I don't know. Reading in public though, that just seemed like stupid even for her. Well, especially even after they said it was a radical proposal. He was like, Well, that's pretty radical. That's but true. we'll consider it. So like then she should have been like, Oh I don't think he said we'll consider it, did he? I thought he said like you've given us a lot to think about. Or yeah, that's like true. That. You that's know, true. it almost her body language seemed like when Waterford blew her off, she was like, Oh, all right, bitch, let me open up this bio. I really wasn't paying <laughs> no, right? this, But now you push me. Let me go ahead and open <laughs> I, it up. I think that's what it is. Really? I think, I think, it, well, I don't moment, think she had intended to I do agree. that. Uh, okay. I do. I I think you hit the nail on the head there that she was pushed and his reaction and his dismissive nature, mm-hmm. his facial expression. I think that's where she's like, it's on. Yeah. Well, maybe she thought if I need to do this, I'm going to do this. Yeah, that's yeah. True. It wasn't maybe a thing that she thought she was going to have to and do. And that's such a like, it's such a pillar scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to say that. You know, like there's no Christian is like, you know, like the, that's like what everybody kind of gets before. around. Yeah. <laughs> one of the pieces what did that you people say can was agree John on. 1, verse yeah, it's John one verse one. Well, and it's the it beginning starts. of the book, so right. So that's right. the other thing too. Yeah, and then uh, so there's some great Fred face in this this scene too, of him just looking like I can't even believe that this is happening right now because he's got like this combination of all kinds of things going on because he's screwed up everything. That he's been involved with literally everything. I mean, and then by the end of this episode, like his handmaid is a runaway for the third time. Uh, his baby is gone. Nick, his his baby's actual father, is currently holding him hostage upstairs. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is like just the layers and layers and layers of the stupid Fred, you know, fiasco of all the things that he can't do right. And that he blames on who? All the women, of course, all in his life. He's never done anything wrong. So yeah, all the women are, all the wives are leaving. And Serena keeps going, right? She's like, not to be outdone. And then she continues. So it's, in him was life and life was the light of men, which is interesting. And the light shineth in the darkness. And Fred, as I noted, looks very unpleased. And um, I and think I'll, that scripture probably speaks to why the room was also, like, I think that uh, symbol, mm. the symbolic nature of the um, text she was reading. But oh, I like that. I like that. That's why and we that got they the English could be the light. Now. They can be the light. Oh, see the women, but you gotta have. You gotta want the light, though, right? I'm really curious about what all of these other wives are thinking after Serena's punishment. Oh, that'll be yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm so curious if like she like really turned some hearts and minds, or like made anybody feel bolder, or they see her punishment and they're like, well, never mind, we tried. Yeah, that'll be really, interesting. Really, really see the fallout from to that. See about that. Back to knitting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I was staring at her babies. It. Love knitting. Big fan. Love it so so much. Never loved it more. So many scarves. Uh, yeah. So then Fred comes out and he is talking to the ladies, and they all you know kind of disperse. Scatter. And well, I knew he was going to dismiss them. Yeah. But then they like pause, and he's like, "And thank you." And it's like, <laughs> well, he's going to dismiss you guys, right? Like, right. just. Start. And I, I was thinking, like, Serena, just leave, right? Yeah. Because he's not going to drag her back and. Beat her to she just, yeah. not in front of all of them. Uh, I don't think he cares. No. If he had, so. to. I think if anything, he would do it in front of them because he feels so not in control. Yeah, yeah, it would make and that's feel a- better to assert some power. Mm. I feel like if he was in that spirit, he would have come out angry and been yelling at all the women, though. 
Do you know what I mean? I think he was trying to avoid it, but if it had to happen in front of her friends, it would have happened. Because well, he it, had those guards prepared. Right. Oh, yeah. So it was a reflection of him and the fact that he's losing control of his home once again. Right. Yes. And he wasn't going to allow that to happen. Do you think that Fred feels like he was ever in control of his home? Um, I don't think anybody else thinks that. But do you oh, think I Fred think thinks he that? he thinks he is. Yeah. I mean, he's delusional. So absolutely. I think he probably in some weird, demented himself. way thought. Oh, yeah. I've got this. I mean, even in the scene later with June where he's oh, an obedient handmaid and... All oh. that. Yeah, I mean, that's where you see just how delusional he is. I, well, I think there's delusion that. on both sides, on every side of that house, with Serena and him, right? Of Serena not thinking that anything is going to happen to her or affect her, or that, you know, she can ignore all the transgressions against other people to get what she hopefully wants and have it be okay. But I think this episode proves that she's coming out of that, for sure. Yes. Well, because, it's again, it's the now it's happening to her. Her. And it's happened to Eden, and it's two people that are seemingly supposed to be where they are supposed to be in this society and doing all the things that are expected of them. And, and it's still not and good still. enough. Hey, everybody. It's Justin. Uh, I wanted to take a little break here right in the middle, um, a little halftime, if you will. Uh, we know that this has been a very intense finale, very intense episode for everyone. But uh, we needed to take a moment and talk to you about something pretty cool. So you've heard us talk about the Dressing for Dystopia exhibition that is taking place down at the Scadfash Museum of Fashion and Film in Atlanta, Georgia. And one thing happened that I totally didn't expect, but it's very cool. Uh, I got a tweet from one of our followers who was like, hey, we were driving to Atlanta and just happened to be listening to your podcast. So thanks for giving us the heads up. We're going to head over to the Scadfash Museum and check out the exhibit, which is awesome because somebody listened and went and checked out something we said, which is great. So I asked this person, hey, can you call in to our hotline and to our voicemail and leave us a message and tell us what you thought about SCAD Fash so that people can hear it from someone who's actually been there that's not us. Uh, so that's what you're going to hear right now. So thank you to uh, our Twitter follower for uh, calling in and giving us the, the nod and telling us what she thought about the SCAD Fash exhibit. So check it out. It's really cool. I really appreciate her doing this. And uh, go ahead and take a listen. Hi, Justin. I am calling from Twitter, Lindsay Liu, to let you know my thoughts on the Dressing for Dystopia show. Thanks again for bringing this to our attention. Seriously, um, it's actually a little disarming walking in to see the other show first, which is absolutely bright and cheery and the polar opposite to Anne's work to start things off with the outfits worn by uh, June, Luke, and Hannah during their attempted escape was intense, to say the least. Um, I really can't even begin to describe the range of emotions and feeling in the pit of my stomach as I walked through. You know, I've been watching this show and, and feeling these things along with the characters, but being at this exhibit, being, you know, face-to-face with, well, actually the faceless models really uh, took me the rest of the way there. Some of the particularly chilling garments, uh, in my opinion, were Aunt Lydia's full regalia, including the taser. Oh, my God. And uh, I believe it was Alma's handmade outfit, which uh, was complete with a bucket and a brush from an afternoon of wall scrubbing. Uh, Super. Wow. (laughs) Um, Eden's wedding dress completely took me off guard as well as, you know, the, the stark white eeriness that it already was, but against the black and the dim lighting. Uh, I'm super excited to see June's 
Jezebel dress as it was absolutely beautiful and, you know, getting to really appreciate that beading detail up close was super cool. And, uh, you know, as an artist myself, I absolutely loved to see Anne's process work, her color selections and sketches, uh, just so super cool. You know, we actually went through a few times before we absolutely had to head home, but it was definitely an incredible experience. Thanks again for the opportunity to call and talk about my thoughts. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, there you go. We thank her very much for doing that for us. And uh, once again, if you want to get more information on the Dressing for Dystopia exhibit, it's taking place at the SCAD Fash Museum of Fashion and Film in Atlanta, Georgia. You can find more information out by going to scadfash.org. That's scadfash.org. All right, back to the show, guys. Back to Commander Lawrence's house. And Aunt Lydia pays a visit. As she is wont oh, to man. do, making her tour of Gilead to check in on her handmaids. And she she has no love loss for Emily, like, whatsoever, which is pretty interesting, considering how motherly she is with, like, all the rest of them. Even June, who's kind of done some crazy shit. Yeah, June, who really, like, makes her life a little hellish. Right? Yeah. Who's actually tried to escape, you know. Right. And Emily, I mean, no, granted, Emily did run over a dude with a car. She did try True. to escape in yeah. a car. Yeah. And so Lydia's asking about the ceremony, and Emily's like, uh, What do I say? Uh, so, but Commander Lawrence has laid the foundation there and lied to Lydia, which I think gives you really your first solid, like, solid okay. clue of where he stands, which was pretty good. Um, and <laughs> Lydia goes on this monologue of God is truly merciful; He offers redemption even to the most perverse and degenerate of His flock. Because Emily refuses to talk to Lydia, which is pretty great. And Lydia just can't stop. She just mm-hmm. can't yeah. stop. She just keeps going with it. She yeah. had not said anything and just left the room. Maybe she should have been like, hey, called her perverse okay. degenerate. Then maybe she wouldn't have gotten stabbed. But. Exactly. And clearly, this is a really unstable situation. His home is a pit. He's right. this brilliant man. He's taken in her. She's done all these terrible things. Just say, I'm so glad the ceremony went well. And she goes, huh. And then you leave. Like, just yeah. out you go. I mean, Lydia's like, irritated because she neither loves her or is afraid of her. Right. Right. Like, at least some of the other girls have this, like, weird affinity to Aunt Lydia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they are at least really fucking afraid of her, and Emily isn't either. Yeah. Could give True. two shits. Well, and maybe it's be- aggravating her. And maybe because of that, Lydia doesn't have to try and, like, shine it on like she does with everybody else. Doesn't have to right. try and give them any, give her anything positive. Just really just tells her like it is, and so that's kind of where they're at in their relationship. And I uh, think she's so in shock in this scene, too, still, Emily is, because I don't think she knows quite yet how to make sense of anything that's going on right. at right. home. So. Yeah. I don't even know what she if she knows what to say to Aunt Lydia because maybe Aunt Lydia will be able to tell she's lying when she says, "Oh yeah, it was great, went splendidly," like you said. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. what do you say to that? So, well, you don't say anything. You apparently stab, stab her, her in the back <laughs> as she's walking but out I the think door. Aunt Lydia sealed it when she said, "Called yeah. her perverse and a degenerate." Yeah. And I oh think yeah. Emily was like, "F you." I mean, I'll you show know. you perverse. Exactly. Degenerate. So yeah, stabs her in the like below the neck. Like in the yeah, upper top of her upper back. tap of her back her region, blades, yeah. which is a bad place that to get spot stabbed. Where, like you can't pull the knife out. It's where you can't scratch itch the scratch the itch. That's the it's that <laughs> spot. It's that spot. So it, she knives her, flips her around, punches her, which I thought was pretty impressive because Lydia is a big, big lady. lady and Emily and is not, not. No. at all, and knocks her down halfway down the steps. Because we were discussing this prior to coming on here, how we whether we thought Lydia was dead. No, I don't think you're killing Angie. No, no way. So, no. We did not see her die. She's definitely. <laughs> but Angie was like, she fell pretty far. I was like, well, she only fell halfway down the steps. She kind of kept falling on the knife. Right. She is a strong yeah. lady. Right. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I do not believe she is dead. Not at all. I would not be surprised. 
Because I, I don't know. I just went, I don't know. But I am interested to see, like, how far does Gilead go to try to save a woman? Yeah. Mm. Not very. I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that it would be like when Fred was in the hospital. I wonder if she would be disabled or Ooh. something demoralized or like she wouldn't have the fire or she would have more of it. I mean, who I knows? Know. I think she might be mad at herself if she is living that she's even given these handmaids the opportunity to cross her in this way. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was funny when I was watching Emily and this, all I kept thinking was goodbye, Gilmore Girls, man. Your <laughs> yeah, persona tough. from there is totally gone. Yes. Way you, to untypecast yeah, yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, but I, I, I felt very sad for her, too, in that moment because I think after it happened, I think the realization was, am I a monster? I, that's right. what I was yeah. thinking she was maybe thinking because she was moving kind of skittishly throughout mm-hmm. the room and she's looking at herself. Laughing. Yeah, and then yeah. kind of like laughs and a, I don't know what and she's... And kind of like a, oh my God, so, I did it kind yeah. of way. She's so manic. That, Justin's been predicting her death this entire season. Oh, you season. know what? Yes. I told you. Who, for Emily? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I yeah, was they like, did it. They, they messed me. They messed my, they, I was my one say, prediction hey, up. They did. They really got you on that one. But as I said, I'm fine with more Alexis Bledel. That's great. I think that's their thinking, too. I, I think... Well, and too, when I was talking to Dia, she was like, it's good because, like, her storyline kind of started to, like, kind of be like, why is she here and what are we doing with her at some point when she got back? Because they kind of go away from her after a couple episodes and you weren't really sure, okay, we got her here and she's mad. That's great. What are we doing with her? (laughs) You know? And then also this kind of injects some energy into the Canada situation so we can kind of have a more prolonged story up there, I think, with the baby going up there with her and having Luke and... and, Moira and all those guys One up there. One of my only so. big disappointments in this episode was not getting to know anything about Canada yeah. in this episode. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I was hoping we would either get to see more Canada and more like, what are Luke and Moira doing right now? Right. Or more like, how is Canada a, as a country reacting to the situation now that they had the delegation visit and it didn't go great. Right. Didn't go great. Is that no. an understatement? It did, it did not go as planned. Yes, yeah, but yes, yeah, so after she gets done, they throw her in the room. Cora. Cora, <laughs> Cora comes, comes out and is like, what would like, you do? It's like, damn it. <laughs> go in this room. You had one job, not kill anybody. And so then she tells Lawrence to call an ambulance and shoves Emily in the room and you're like, you're right. She, at first she's like pumped. She's like, yes, I just snapped. <laughs> Lydia, and then she kind of comes to this realization, and I thought it more had to do with the fact that she had kind of started having these positive feelings about her son and feeling okay about things, and that she had kind of jeopardized that and any chance that she thought she had of maybe escaping and getting there to see him again, and so I just thought that was her kind of coming to this realization of, oh, I just had this great moment for me where I got to take all my aggression out on somebody again, and that maybe that was going to affect her future and that, that was kind of that realization coming down on her. Well, she wasn't wrong that it was really going to affect her future. <laughs> right. There you go. Just not quite in the way we thought, huh? So, yeah, they shove her in the room. And uh, next scene. Here we go. June, Serena, and Fred. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> this is where I wanted them to throw some hot tea in his face. He would have yes. deserved it. So, June opens up the front door, and Serena and Fred walk in. Now, I didn't know that Serena was coming back. I wasn't sure if Serena was, like, going to get hung on the wall, like, how far we were taking that whole process, like, if we weren't going to see her. we just had a reminder last episode about what the punishment for reading. Yes. Smart writers set that up for us. Good job. Great job by them. Oh, 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 fun fact from last episode. So, somebody made the point of uh, pointing out that the book that is on the table, when Emily is kind of wandering around looking at things... Is a uh, mouse, 
The, yes, uh, the graphic novel. The graphic novel of yeah. the, the oh. it's the, the Holocaust. Yeah. Graphic oh. novel. It's basically oh, written I did not even through. Notice yeah. That. Mm-hmm. And so somebody somebody screen capped it and then had their copy of it and we're like, hey, serious. So it was pretty interesting. Um, so Serena comes back and Serena is clearly walking very gingerly. Um, I thought maybe they just like beat her or something. She like, seems some like lash. drugged at that point. Well, maybe that's yeah. what it is. She's like, on some probably to keep her calm. Well, probably to keep the pain from just having your finger oh, I don't amputated. Think they care about how much pain she's in. Well, could be. Maybe Fred cares. Maybe Fred I think it was came just to get her home. I mean, there was something in that box or the bag that he handed her because she hands June that bag and says, "Hey, take this upstairs with me." And that had like a giant something in it. Maybe it was her finger. Maybe it's the know. finger. Yeah. <laughs> what? They put it put it in a formaldehyde jar, sit it next to her bed, and as see a as a reminder. Oh, <laughs> I did not. That did not even cross my. It mind. didn't cross I mine until Angie up said some bread it. on the way home. <laughs> I like where Angie oh, said that. Yeah. We can make a fun show together. Well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so June goes up there and Fred leaves to get her some tea, which I thought was funny. The whole scene of Fred trying to make tea was kind of amusing because oh step one, finding the tea, Fred couldn't even do right. And then he's trying to comfort her and I wrote in my notes, screw that mother. <laughs> I'm like, do not, I just pour the hot tea on her. <laughs> And uh, Fred tells June that they had a difficult day. Yeah. But but oh. all will be well. All will be well from here, from on, here out. on out. He's so mental. You know, prior his... to that, though, this June does reach out to yes. Serena. And... Yes. Yeah. Which is very she's... June, man. Her right? heart is just like that. forgiving. I don't know what all right, we talked about that last for. week about how, the... like. But it's the only. I know. Yeah. I... June sees humanity. She does. Yeah, she just and that's what makes her so good. But I don't know how much humanity you can have for one person. It like, could have just been out of sheer curiosity. I don't know. I it don't looked, know. It, it looked pretty, very... It was like a gentle touch, yeah. like a yeah. caring touch. And anytime she says Serena instead of Mrs. Waterford, you know it's more of a, like a... Friend. Let's have a conversation yeah. here, mm-hmm. you know. And then I did make a note that June touches her hand on the bed, which I kind guess. of called back to her touching yeah, June's hand on the bed when they walked in to, for the rape scene. Yeah. yeah so it was kind of a, the opposite of that, if you will. And, like, Ser- and Serena willingly showed June instead of mm. like, usually she kind of would, I think if she didn't want June to know or didn't want any comfort from her, she would have just said, it was nothing. Please right. go to your room. Or right. like, cause she's dismissed her she before. She unraveled. Yeah. She gauze. unraveled the gauze and. And and showed her. So and she said, "I tried." Yeah, and she seemed just so broken. I know, because I think really, like, she still thought like that she, because of her status, had some power and had a chance to, and that, and that maybe in her head, like what she was suggesting, because of the reasons she was suggesting it, which she wrapped in this whole thing of our children mm-hmm. and our daughter and all of this, like wrapped it all up in this thing that, in her head, probably was like, well, there's no downside yeah, to this. Makes what perfect sense. exactly? And to have her at, thrown back in her face and to get her finger cut off because she read the Bible in front of them, just probably. The Bible. Was there a moment, though, when the when Serena quoted something in front of all the women and they said, is that a scripture? And she said, no, another woman named. Oh, that was outside. Was yeah, that was outside I when she said, really uh, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. And the one woman says, is that from Galatians? And then Lady Putnam says, no, it's somebody else. And then I made a note up here. Let me find it. It's some priest, some Canadian priest is who said oh. it. Because they were all trying. Because she says, some woman's name, she says, a German heretic from blah, blah, blah. And the women are all like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again. And uh, no, it just, Serena was like, no, it's, I forget his name. Some Fitzsimmons, somebody, I think, from Can- a, Can- a Canadian priest that said it. So, yes, that was a thing. Um, so, Fred goes down to make tea. Uh, or, or should I say, he tries to find Rita to help him make tea. And so June comes down 
and Fred cannot find the tea, which is stage one of making tea for those who have made tea before. Locate the tea. <laughs> and so he's asking her where she is, which is our first kind of clue that something's going to go down with Rita because usually Rita is just not entirely missing from the house and we seem to not be able to find Rita. Oh, so June asked him if... <laughs> it says you let them do that to Serena and he says we all have our roles to play. Serena needed to be reminded, reminded. of hers. Yes. yes, I thought that was very interesting to, just to see where Fred's true stance was on all of that. Um, and he says uh, an obedient handmaid might be able to stay in this house. And so here we go. He's laying this foundation once again, trying to offer her uh, gifts and prizes to keep her in the house in order to really continue their quote-unquote relationship. Because it would be fun. Right. That's what he said, Exactly. Right? It would be fun exactly. for us to have our another baby or to try again. And this time for a boy. Oh, yeah. This is where I'm like, you're a delusional person. I just... And then when he tries to use Hannah, I guess that... I mean, that also just gets under my skin because obviously that's a weak point for June, obviously. All right. So, yes, Fred is... Uh, Offering his latest, you know, consolation prizes to get June to stay in the house. And that's not going well. It doesn't seem as she is wanting to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> How do we feel about this? For some reason, I thought she said, kill or fuck yourself. No, I'm she said. Over and over again. No, she said. Fred, you, go, go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. Oh. It was odd that he didn't really react to it. He didn't seem surprised, which seemed weird to And me. then he kept after it, like. Oh, that's a good sign. She's telling me to fuck myself. I should continue with this line of, of thinking and, I, and asking her to stick around and try I just for a boy. Put out there, I feel like all of us women in this room probably have been in a situation where you are maybe literally or just very close to saying "go fuck yourself," and some guy is still like persisting. Like mm -hmm. it's okay. I'm gonna wear her down. It'll be great. When the whole conversation started about obedience, so telling your your commander to go fuck yourself is not really the picture of obedience. Nope. So if that's what he's looking for, maybe that's a sign that's not going to go well. Maybe he thinks she's just trying to spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> she's playing hard to get. Is that, that what she's Who doing? knows? That's, that's probably what he tells Again, himself. Again, delusional. That's what he is. Because he knows damn well that that baby isn't even his in the first right. place. Oh, so gosh, why yeah. are you even saying, let's try again and maybe it'll be for a boy? Do you mean she can continue her relationship with Nick? Sure, that's fine. But yeah, that's not what he means. <laughs> That is not what he means. All right. So next we get uh, Emily and Commander Lawrence and his wife. Um, he comes in and he says, well, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's go time. And like the wife is like rushing out and he's like, what are you even doing? And she's like, I'm trying to say goodbye. And he's like, okay, just go back to your room. And like, and then you see those ropes. Did you see the ropes? No. no. What ropes? The ropes what? on the... The way down to the basement. Oh, yeah, like the handrail was real. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just got, it just triggered me. I'm like, oh, God, no. What is this basement going to look like? And then I was like, oh, okay, right. Crazy not murder basement. Kill it. But just for a moment, I had this panic, like, nah. No, apparently Commander Lawrence gets a pretty sweet ride, too. Yeah. What, what was that? Was that a Tesla? Was. I'm pretty well, sure he's, he's not supposed to have that. It looked like it was a Tesla. That's what I felt like. It was yeah. some fancy car that well, he had set a up, big screen. And he set up their economy. So. Yeah. It's true. It's true. That's true. So he's like, I want that car. Yeah. I mean, you know, got to get that art home somehow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, then they uh, they leave. And he's like, 
I love how he like oh just he never he still like never just gives her anything no, right nothing he just never not explains even a little nugget nothing. nothing and so she's like freaking out like yeah. is, if I'm in a car I'm like that is she's this freaking out either they gonna throw me in the water and that's fine or I'm going somewhere <laughs> right. Right? right she's in a personal car not in like a van right you know right. so it's a very different situation than like being picked up by the eyes yeah and he's I love it that he's like do you like music who doesn't like oh music God. let's yeah. go and so they, they play they Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Oh, my God. When that song first started playing, <laughs> I was like, he's not. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was <laughs> no. just like laughing. Yeah, but the whole time weird. I was just like, what is what is happening? Yes. And he's like blasting it, I don't understand what show I am watching. He's dancing. What is happening? Yeah. He's like, like dancing in his seat and doing everything. <laughs> it was awesome. So and Emily surely doesn't know what the hell no. I think. No. She is like, what in the hell? I did make an interesting note like. Because you didn't see a ton of it, but you could see out the windshield, like that there was still like the city was like lit up. Uh huh. Yeah, signs were still on and things. Yeah, and there yeah. were car other cars out like out and about. Oh, and I the, didn't really notice the other. Yeah, cars. there because you could see brake lights ahead of them like from other cars and stuff. Yeah, so I thought huh. that was really interesting. That was the first time we'd seen like Gilead like at night. You know, I wonder if in anybody city. else sees a Tesla driving around, just like, hmm, this is slightly out of the order. But I don't know because like Fred and Serena have a that Mercedes. You know, I feel like we only ever see like like big black. Sedans, yeah, the cars are white. Yeah. yeah, Range Rovers or whatever. Those, yeah. That's what they look like. To Weren't me, all yeah. the cars black in this show? It so far, like it, yeah. And that car was white. Yeah, Except- that car was white. So Emily still no clue what's going on. Is freaking out, and so he's like, "Oh, <laughs> so not a music fan." Okay. Because she's like, "Can you please turn this dial <laughs> off?" Because she is like on top of freaking out. I do not want to hear. The most manic. <laughs> Annie Lennox walking on broken glass, which is very apropos for the situation, but. Is not she really helping not her mental state. It. No, mm-hmm. no. And so that's it. That's where that scene ends. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> where are we even going? I literally wrote, I'm having a heart, ac- heart attack. I can't take this. <laughs> so next scene is June nursing the baby. Uh, and she's trying to burp the baby after she nurses her. And then she walks out to the window. And this is where all of a sudden we know something's, something, maybe something's going on. Because there's a random fire. As like, soon as she saw that too, I was like, "Why are there more fires? Why aren't Martha's handmaids like setting shit on fire all the time?" Yeah, just everywhere. Because I sure would. And so, anyway, I digress. Yeah, I I would thought the same thing. Um, so she goes out there, and Rita comes in, and then Rita's like, "All right, we can get you out." Just like that, like no no intro, no preamble, no hey, how you doing? Get your shoes. Hey, the baby's cute. It's no, we can get you out. You and the baby, but you got to go now. Go get your shoes. And June's like, uh, "Okay." And so she goes, and I did. I could kind of have to chuckle because it it took me back to when Luke and her were trying to get smuggled out, and Luke wanted to bring the the, the photo album. Oh yeah! And she made a point of grabbing the picture of Hannah, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it," and that's fine. It should go with you. I get it, but Go it just ahead. took me back to that moment, like me and Sarah going, "Just go!" I don't. Even, I would have been like, oh "I don't even need shoes. Let's go. Don't, we'll just go." <laughs> don't. Who needs and, shoes? Like, I'm sure I she have written here. Last time, when you really needed the shoes. <laughs> You gotta get out. I even wrote, don't make eyes with Nick. Just <laughs> wait. Don't look at him. Yeah, don't say this bye. Time she's not nine months pregnant trying no. to leave yeah, no, and run yeah. away. So no. she, she could well, definitely. She's got a noisy baby, too. Yeah. And I was and like, don't let it be mashed. Like, Whatever you do, don't, don't let this be mashed. Don't the baby too much. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Time out. For those that don't know what the hell you're talking about, explain the mash situation. Oh, okay. So uh, has, any, has anybody here not seen the show Mash? I've the TV show. Or the end of the show Mash? Not the end of it. No. The funny thing okay. is, I only read about this like a month or so ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, MASH was my parents' favorite TV show. Um, so at the end of... Okay, so MASH is a show um, about the Korean, Korean War. War. And it's about American troops in the Korean War who are over there. And it's specifically about a medical unit. 
And at the, you know, you don't really need to know much about the show. Basically, just in the end of the very last episode, like, they just have to, they have to get past this one. There's, uh, they just have to be quiet for this one little bit, and then they will be safe, and they will be getting out. Um, and the war is ending. But there's a woman with a baby, and the baby is fussy. And they're just like, just keep the baby quiet. You just got to make sure the baby is quiet. And, like, everybody's lives depend on the baby being quiet. And the baby is quiet, and the danger passes, and then they can get up, and then they discover that the the, the mother had smothered her baby, keeping it quiet, oh. um, which is horrible and heartbreaking, but also everybody would have died had the baby made any noises. And so it's just like trying to get out with the baby. Like, all I can think is like, don't let this be mashed. Right. Like, that baby needs to be quiet, but oh my God, don't smother the baby. And it was just... I was I was just constantly worried about her smothering the baby, like accidentally or like needing to keep the baby quiet. And so anyway, all right, yeah, so don't let this be mash. It was not mash, thank God. Yeah, because I don't know if the viewers of this show could have really handled this. Being no, no. <laughs> After all of this, you to get to the end, I would have been out right here. Yeah. You would have been like, no, thank you. Oh my God, podcast is over. The podcast is over. So she uh, she grabs the picture of Hannah and her sweater and her shoes. I thought that was okay. I was okay with all those selections because maybe she thought I'm going to get caught out in the snow again and it was cold as hell out there. I don't want to have my sweater again. Uh, so Rita comes in and tells her to go out past the greenhouse. They'll find you, which I feel is a little not specific enough for me. I yeah, I was, really I was like, what does that even mean? Is it like you ten, need to tell me. Is it like 10 paces and like, then a left? How do you know if it's the right person that is finding you? Exactly. <laughs> so Rita comes in and is very sweet, like... Tells the baby, God bless you, sweet girl, and tells June, God protect you. And it's a very, like, fantastic moment for them together because Rhea is finally showing her true colors and finally is showing that she wants to help her get out. Um, so Again, Nick, move yes, on. Yes. Thank her in your th- thoughts later. <laughs> send her <laughs> yeah. positive vibes from freedom. Name the baby Rita. Maybe. Send a letter sometime. <laughs> I don't know. Send a postcard. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Uh, so Nick sees her, sees June from the window as they as they do, and uh, they exchange a glance. And Nick's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha." Uh, Serena is in the greenhouse, which I was like, I figured like somebody should have run some interference and gone and like got Serena out of the greenhouse before the you know the path was leading was by. No the time. There was no time. Yeah, it it was, did happen. It's very true. Uh, the Marthas can only do so much. You know, they did set a house on fire. And make a relay across like fifteen yards to get you out of here. Did so you, there was a house and a car on fire. Was there? Yeah. At the end, all so kinds of stuff on fire. Do we have any idea the street? I didn't know that at all. No, we didn't. They didn't say whose house it was. I want to know how it got caught on fire. I know, me too. I thought about all those things. Um, but it was cool because when Fred first comes out and he's like, "What's happening?" And Rita goes, I don't know. But you're like, oh. And she gives him that look of, of like, uh-huh. oh, I love that. What? Like, yep. like her words or I don't know, but everything else about it is like, I do know. And I arranged it. Yeah. And yep. go straight to hell. Like, it was just such exactly. a weird little scene yeah. between them. But you're like, yep. oh, yeah. well, it felt oddly satisfying. <laughs> and so Fred goes up and he is like flipping out because he knows that something is he knows. not right. So he goes to the baby's room. This baby's gone. the one gone. time that he is like. That he picks up the clues. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice that? Never does he pick up the cues. Never. Exactly. This is the only time. But it's he like, still like trusts Nick. It's he does like still trust Nick. when your kids are in the other room and everything is really quiet and you're like, wait a minute. He still does trust Nick after all of the things have gone down. Nick uh, walks in. And so he goes and he's flipping out. And she did write. She did take the time at some point to write. Yeah, that looked like a dog. What the fuck? 
the Nolites line on the wall just so he could see it. Yeah. Which was pretty funny. I was like, when did you have time to do that? Yeah. Right? Like, did you hear the she carve it in there? Or right. something? Well, maybe like, she might have done. I mean, who knows? That could have been there. She could have been right. working on that. And then, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She like, a little at a yeah. time. Like Shawshank. She had something yeah. covering it up the entire time. <laughs> and oh, she's just like ripped it off. <laughs> um, so Nick goes upstairs as Fred is flipping out. And he's like, hey, hey, Nick, uh, give me a search party. You got to find the baby. And Nick's like, sir, it's real dangerous. And this is part. This was interesting. This is where the part where Nick being a completely flat emotional person Really Works. helped Nick out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because Nick is just like, oh, sir, you can't go outside right now. So and so him being like this totally like level-headed, like not showing and playing his cards the entire time really like fits for this scene to where he can really come be and be like, oh, sir, it's too dangerous outside. And he does put his hand on his gun like... Yeah, but he made... They made... They had like a sound effect uh-huh. and he touched he his arm. He touched his arm. And I thought like, <gasps> yeah. is he gonna kill the commander? No, no. We need I'm the commander no around. such luck. Crystal, there would be no... Bu- You'd have a, like a six-episode show if you were in charge of this like show. Three people left. Everybody would be dead. <laughs> Die. She still wants the commander to have lost a limb, don't he you? He should have <laughs> taken that finger off. That does make perfect They should have taken both of their fingers. Oh, that's funny. Something you have happen. a wife that talks too much. Both of you lose a pinky. <laughs> so we do make it outside, and uh, Offred is essentially just supposed to wait for someone to find her. We don't know who that someone is. Uh, but someone, you hear somebody call her name, and I couldn't tell, was that Serena that called her name, or was it the person who was supposed to be getting her? It was supposed to be the person, and then Serena? Yeah. Okay, so it's the person says it, and then Serena sees her. Is that how it goes now? Okay. And so then you're like, shit. That was the part where I didn't know, because, like, when she gives her back the baby to say goodbye... I was Didn't like, you think she was just going to oh, turn around and go right back in the house? Hell I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I was like, there's no way she's going to give that baby back. No way. Yeah, so she is like having this moment of Sarita, like, she can't be here. Like, you know, I know. We all know. These people out here, they know. Like, I wouldn't want her to break the fourth wall. She'd be like, look, these people know. Let this baby get out of here. So uh, she does give her back because clearly she knows that this place is awful and no one should be here and she should have gone to Hawaii with the guy from... uh, I was thinking about Hawaii. You wish she went to Hawaii. I I tried to fall asleep right after this episode and I was like, I bet she's thinking about Hawaii with Joel from Parenthood now. Treason and coconuts, motherfucker. (laughs) Not so bad, right? She'd have all of her fingers and (laughs) maybe a baby. You'd have ten fingers. And a cocktail. Ten fingers and a cocktail. And And her cigarettes. Sorry, I had to... Yeah, Say that smokes. Too. I have a question though. Was she in all black, or was it just dark? It was just dark. Was I think dark. she was dark. just wearing. Okay. I think she had like a coat on. Like I, I think she, she had like a logo. like a robe or a cloak on, like because it was outside. Although mm-hmm. I I will say I don't like that all June could say to her was uh, blessings on you, Serena, or something. Mm-hmm. I really felt like the situation warranted something a little bit. But I thought she had to go. They were to hurry. She did. She shouldn't even mess anything. around. Sarah, you got to take a lane. If you're gonna, well, if you're gonna say something, blessings on you. Well, I thought it was weird it was that she said something very Gilead yes. instead of something very like real human. Right. Um, in that I thought moment it was where Serena though. was, you know, making what is for Serena the ultimate sacrifice. Right. I agree with you. I don't think they should have had any conversation at all. Like, I'd have been out. I'd have been like, thank you. But if you're going to say something, I feel like it should have been but something like... But I think like... June really does feel some kind of feeling for her. Oh, like... yeah, definitely. Right. So, like, blessings on you, though? Like, I... that's like on your new home. Blessings <laughs> on you. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's your baby. Yeah, to me, it sort of felt like a, a nod at, like, you still ain't shit. But See, I don't I think that. that you, I, don't think, I don't think though. I don't think it was. I like think they that. really like. I think she really like genuinely feels, feels strongly like, connected, strongly to, connected her. to her. Yeah. 
As as strange as that sounds, I think she yeah. does. But I thought it was maybe like a shared bit trauma. Of a I mean, well, yeah, you're and, right. And no Crystal, matter. the only reason I think that is because of you, because you were the oh, one during episode ten who was like, "We can all say what we think we would do in these situations, but ultimately, you have no idea what lengths or what things you would do if you were put into these same circumstances." This is true. And so that was the only thing that in my head was like, okay. So maybe she's like, okay, you are just as much as, not just as much, but the victim of differently than I am in this circumstance, but still a victim of all of this. So they are kind of got that bond now. Yeah. So I did not feel that it was a slight at all. I sort of wish that Serena had said something a little more human to her, to to the the baby. baby. Oh. It was just so... I think for Serena, that was a very human thing. Like, that is really who she is. Yeah. She really is that devout. Remember from the yes. very beginning, when, you, when like, you see Serena before? Like, that is really who Serena is. Yeah. I think she did the human thing by giving that baby back. True. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, the, it didn't need the words. It was the actions. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I know this place sucks. So. Yeah. Look, they took Because if she would have been Gilead Serena, she would have been back in that greenhouse, and they would have been on June's ass, yes. ready to kill her. Yeah. And so now... As I dubbed it, we get to uh, make a run through the Martha Relay Network mm-hmm. across the backyards. And so I was very, this was very tense because there's a lot of things lot going of on. I literally burst into tears. Did you? I burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> it was very. Uh... From the anxiety and also just all the women. I don't know. I get really choked up when I yeah. see women doing mm-hmm. brave things, things for, for women. I just I couldn't handle it. And the baby was such a like. Oh. They were just so they were just so calm and organized like and measured. You know, yeah. like I just feel like it just speaks to the power of women. Like in chaos, like we're like we can just like execute and like just stay in the zone. I was in tears. That's why I'm like, don't get anything before you leave. Because when you're in that much stress, you can't feel it. I could have stepped on a nail and I'd have been like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> like don't care. Right. Where what is the next Martha? And like doing anything with a two-week-old baby is stressful being in a room that's comforting and safe and warm and happy with a with an infant is stressful so like running through fields escaping an oppressive horrible society is like yeah and to me it was it was very emotional for me just thinking of watching them do that on this fictional show but thinking about all the realistic situations mm, in which this has happened in which that has happened whether it's holocaust or the underground railroad with slavery it was just like i was like oh my god just watching it played out, because you don't see it very often, even in the movies that depict slavery or those types of things in the Holocaust. You know, you don't actually see the actual execution of the escape yeah. fully very often. And to see it from, you know, the moment she has to leave the house, like immediately to them running through and almost almost getting hit by the two cars that were mm-hmm. coming down oh, the street gosh, yeah. as, as she they got the light signal from across the other way and they jumped out and she was like, wait, and their two cars came by. Just the whole thing was just really like... Really touched me like, oh, my God, this is like seeing this is just crazy and thinking like what we're seeing is like half as intense, probably Uh, not even a fraction of the intensity of what someone actually experienced in their real life trying to do this. Well, and it's so touching because she kept talking to the Marthas and like saying goodbye to them. And of course, my mind, I'm like, don't talk to them. Just go. (laughs) But these people are risking their life. For her. you, yes. you know, it's like they're and doing they all said June. everything. Did you notice that? Yeah. Did they all? Yeah. 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 Oh, Did you notice yes. that they were, it, it, not all of them, but it was mostly a series of minority women mm-hmm. um, I noticed, that yeah. were helping her through. And yep. I found, that's when I started feeling like Crystal. I was kind of like, oh, my women are getting together and they're <laughs> pulling off the impossible. And like, it was so wonderful to see them having some sort of small power in this world. 
in which they were mostly unseen. And we've, you know, it's it's so rare that you notice when there is one or two minority people in a situation in power in Gilead because there are so few that to see like one after another after another after another like doing a good thing and yeah it was, was great it was pretty awesome so well. and we did get uh once they get to kind of the ending spot which i've been having several moses in the in the reeds and in, in the basket kind of things with this baby lately like the ba- the ba- the basket that she's always carrying the baby around in and like the fact that we're the end of this scene is like you're walking through like the, I don't know, it wasn't reeds, obviously, but it was like very grass. high grass and I don't know, it's very biblical to me. Um, at several moments in this this season. Like Mary running with Jesus. Right, exactly. And so she does give her the Godspeed line, which I thought was interesting because everybody that tried to help her escape, all three people, and even like Bradley Whitford at the end, gives the Godspeed. And I don't know if that's like the secret code to like, that's how you know if somebody's you know, trying to help you out as they use the Godspeed because she says Godspeed June at oh, the end. Just like the guy that said it to her when she escaped the first time, first time. from the doctor's office. Because he walks by I her and says Godspeed that. June. And she's like, what, what, what? Oh. And then it's time to find uh, find the Red Square game. Which is, mm-hmm. I think, a little more difficult than find the other person. Well, I guess not because it's dark outside and they're wearing all gray. <laughs> right. And they like come on and they're like, bah, they're like hey, June. let's go. <laughs> We're like going under fences and through things and past the pools. So, yeah. But then we get this moment, right? And so you get the flashback with freaking Toddler Hannah again. I thought I was done with Toddler Hannah. And that's the one that gets me every time. Because that kid is great. Whoever that kid is, pay that kid more money. Because that kid laughing about ripped my soul out. And it was great. Uh, So she's she's singing a song to her in this flashback. And it's called I'll Be Your Mirror. And it's by, of all all bands to do this, it's Velvet Underground and Nico, which I thought was pretty hilarious that you're singing to your child, Velvet Underground. But uh, June is talking to the baby and showing her the picture and saying, this is your sister Hannah. And says, maybe you'll meet her someday. And then she corrects herself and says, you'll meet her someday. And uh, car pulls up and it's Bradley Whitford's uh, Commander Lawrence's whatever vehicle. Someone will know and tell us. The car people will tell us. Because uh, someone did tell us that the car that was in the garage was a Camaro that I she was trying was to escape. Uh... So I didn't know it was Camaro. I'm not. A, I'm not that guy. Was it clearly? Did it say yes, Camaro? It was there was no sign. Camaro. It said Camaro. Camaros have a really distinctive look. Yeah, when I thought it was the a only car, other car it even kind of looked like was an old school Mustang. Right, that's what I thought it was. But as soon as she wrong. pulled out the picture of Hannah, I knew. I was like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who could resist? She, oh, well, I know. Like, uh, I'm yeah. not questioning her decision at all. No? Would you have made the same decision? Well, oh, yeah. we I actually talked about that with my husband. He's like, he can't leave. She can't leave him. Or she can't leave her. And I was like, I know. And then I'm just like <laughs> crying. I was like, that's the pull they have. You're so vulnerable. Oh. And I'm just like crying. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, she would never be able to live with herself in Canada. No. With this new baby and Luke and whatever would happen, Ugh. knowing that Hannah is still there. There's just no way. I, I mean, well, especially, especially if she... after just watching everything. Oh, that, yeah. You know, after after seeing what happened to Eden, Eden seeing what happened yeah. to Serena, there's like no, I think she has lost all hope that like maybe she would be okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because at all levels, again, like, no nobody female is okay. in this society has any value. Nobody's no. safe. But I just sort of had the thought, like, where do we go from here? What you going to do? Well, Are you going to go back swinging? Are you going to start Serena killing be? people and uh, get back? Well, but Holly left, so that's... 
Well, and I also but Serena trusted the baby to June, and then June gave the baby to yeah. somebody who was a stranger to her. Now, I will say that that's the only thing that I thought made sense about her going back was that she did have someone that she knew, that she trusted, that she could hand the baby to and say, "Take her." Right. Call it. That, that makes sense to Although, me from her perspective, but I, I think Serena's. I will say it murders my soul a little bit that she told said to call her Nicole, and I need someone to like I figure mean, that out I'm for me in my saying, head to make it okay. I didn't even know. I didn't even care about that. Why <laughs> didn't she say her name? His name? My husband's name is Luke. Yeah, I wondered. Hit, about my this best too. friend's name is Mara Moira. You know, like any information to get Holly to Luke and Moira. I think she Moira. knows that. I think she Emily knows, knows that. Really? Yeah. 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 I think they have talked about that before, but wouldn't you be reiterating that in the in car that, in the in way that, that moment? Like, everybody's been through baby. a lot of traumatic shit. I, but think Call about, her think whatever about, you I don't want. know that she's going to be winning. Get her to my Little America's husband. small. That community yeah. is very small. They're going to find each oh, other, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. It's going to be pretty easy to identify. I would have been expressly saying it. Like, you need to bring this to Luke. He is 5'10". He's, you know, he's, you know, he's, right. he's got, got a, a dad, dad body. <laughs> 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 like, that would have been the only information. Don't, call her whatever. Call her anything you want, but get her to these yeah. people as soon as possible. I don't want her in a facility. I don't want her, like, to these people and then be done with it. Like, I, that would like, be the only important information to me in that moment. Not call her Nicole, not, hey, thanks, bud. None of that. Just these people, this baby, Go. What was the Nicole thing, though? Do you think it was, like, her way of giving some piece homage. of Serena yeah, I, to her? I, I took it as her, like, her, like, personal, like, thanks to Serena for letting, helping them get out. Like, yeah. they would not have made it if Serena didn't make that choice. They would not have made it. They wouldn't have they even wouldn't gotten have. out of the yard. No, they right. wouldn't have. I could see. It just bothered thinks. me. It just bothered me. I, saying, bother I think you? it bothered all of us. <sighs> She's not deserving of it. No. She's not. No. That was a good decision that Oops, she made. Yeah. She's not deserving of it. And it once again, shows like how June has, rises above everybody else's bullshit and has to be the grown up and be the one that sees the value in everybody and has to be the mature one that does I, all these things. But we're also assuming she did it for Serena. She very well could have done it for Nick. <sighs> oh, because Nick. So, you know, we don't really know <laughs> what true. she's doing it for. That's right? You guys true. talked about that last week mm-hmm. with yeah. the name, and I think that. Hmm. Maybe she's doing it for him. Hmm. Not so much Serena. Oh, I don't know. Man. I think it's a good... Sorry. That's no, okay. I, no, it I makes like you think. Assessment. Makes you think. So <laughs> uh, she hands her off to Emily, and Emily's like, wait, what? And <laughs> she's like, just go. She's like, June. And then she's like, Emily slams the door. Shit. No. And uh, then... The ultimate question comes in, how does Sarah feel about the ending of this episode ending with burning down the house by talking heads? I thought it was odd. I loved it. Tim loved it. I kind of loved it. I loved it. You're supposed to love it. Come on, Sarah. I'm sorry. I just was like, all right. I was so pissed about not the coordinating with Luke and Moira. I really felt like I did. I don't. Spoken like a true mom. It doesn't. Yeah. She did not. She did not communicate the plan. She's like Emily in the back of the car. Just turn this off. Turn this off. Wait a minute. What? What is happening right now? Right. Like maybe maybe Emily thinks well maybe she wants me to care for the baby. And adopt her. Like you don't know. You I have to be that specific. She did expect Emily to care for I the baby. Did too. Right? Like, that's how I. So took maybe that. Emily will get to Canada and you know get back together with her partner. Oh and man, Oliver. I hope her partner and her son are okay. Right, but I, she was a citizen, so I really do think yeah, she, she was a Canadian out. citizen. Yeah. So I really do think that once in Canada, she could navigate because she clearly 
whatever. But either way, maybe she was like, oh, she trusts me with the baby, and now I have to take care of this baby in June's name. Because, like, June gave her the name thinking, like, okay, so, like, this is your baby. You call her Nicole. And, like, she trusts Emily, and Emily already has a son, and she knows that. And so it wouldn't be an unreasonable assumption to think, like, okay, she wants me to care for this baby and make sure everything's okay. And that's not what's supposed to happen. But you think baby has got to go to Luke yeah. and Moira. But and you Fruit Loops girl. And, 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 and why, why does it need to go to Luke and Moira? Because that's what I want to know. Because if she rescues Hannah, they can all be together because that's Hannah's sister. Then what about uh, but I think, I think, Sorry. yeah. I think you the most likely thing. Luke. I think that's what you're telling us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the well, most but, likely thing, though, is that, that, that that's what happened during these times, right? Pe- parents just gave their children, children to, to other people to raise said, them. I hope that this works out. Right. Yep. Not like, hey, Luke's in, uh, you know, he lives in Tower Grove South. And <laughs> this is where I think he is. Yeah. Or, you know, right. it's just like, you're yeah. going somewhere and it's going to be better than here. You. Take my baby. Yeah. And I hope I'll see you again. It's likely that I won't. Have a nice life. What if she gets Hannah and gets to Canada and has to drop by Emily's house and be like, this is awkward. <laughs> but, but I need my baby I back. meant to take the baby to Luke. And now you have the baby and you're probably pretty attached. But like, it's mine. That's her sister. So can we have the baby? Maybe they'll Came just to. have like a big love style house. Yeah. Like yeah. Everybody else. Everybody's It'll there. be one big backyard. That'll be one of those like All the babies will mommy. play together. I understand this is weird, but. Uh, Came to pick up the package. It's my baby. So this leaves us, which the, well, then the other, not to, not just the, the song, but June also puts her Jedi hood back on. And is looking very much like (laughs) Jedi hood. She's like, oh, shit's on now. Because now she's got seemingly Serena kind of at least a little, because you never know with her. You never know. Even giving your baby to go to Canada, you just never know where she's going to. And don't you think like Serena might like catch punishment for this? Exactly. I think they'll probably assume. They might. I don't know. So that leaves us with a very interesting beginning for season three. I think what they're going to play happen? it off at the baby. What if she doesn't go back to the waterfronts? Yeah, stolen. Me too. What if she doesn't go back to the waterfronts? What if she goes somewhere else and like tries to be, you know, stealthy? No, I think she'll go back. I think she will too. I yeah. do. But they're going to play it off that the baby was taken by Emily. How many times are people going to believe the Waterfords? I thought I think she's going to join the network. I thought she's going to join the network. I don't know you can join. That was all Martha's. So give her a costume. Give her a costume. I think she's gonna. Somebody's gonna find out about her. Maybe she can go to Bradley Whitford's house. She could. Maybe but she, she could work the underground. Oh, you know Bradley what I'm saying? Whitford's she not getting another handmaid. No. Yeah. No way. Because what? Yeah, that was his line. Like, because Emily's like, "What are we doing?" She's like, shit. "She's like, he's like, I'm getting myself in a load of shit." shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the things that it leaves open for next season are what are the repercussions for June? Because this is the third time that she's tried to escape and not escaped. Uh, what happens with Serena, who is now totally kind of in this place where Gilead is not doing all the things that she thinks it should do and kind of is leaving her in this place of no power and her kind of realizing that now with that her finger's been cut off. And then also, is Aunt Lydia alive or dead? What happens, what happens to Bradley Whitford? And his Commander Lawrence character, is he going to be back? I would assume he would be. Gosh, he's fun to watch, too. Right yeah. Now. I'd love to see him again. Need more of that house. What happens to the Waterfords in general? Because this is the one, two, three, four hundred thousandth thing that has gone wrong on his watch. Oh, Fred. You know? Well, in the Canada story. What happens in Canada? What happens with the uprising of the wives? Is there any movement of that? Does that die with Serena's finger? I don't know. I think if Serena tags along with the Marthas, 
They could be. Oh. Yeah. Fear, I yeah, mean, she is everybody needs to brilliant. watch out. And what happens with Rita? If Fred gets a little idea that Rita is behind Hardman? Don't. All of the women in his household are like working together. Yeah. Now. Being very disobedient. To, yeah. Just. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how Fred has survived this long. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's too many balls in the air. There are. A lot. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of characters, again, that we just don't know where the hell everything's going to go, as these writers are wont to do. So, not necessarily a cliffhanger, per se. There were several things resolved. Sure. But also, they left us enough to, you know, want, want more. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, what do you, what do you think? Any, any guesses as to where we're going in this very early stage? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, like, Serena and Lady Putnam wind up being, like, key in the overthrow of Gilead? Maybe that's why Lady Putnam is so cranky all the time because she sees all this stuff and she's like, "This sucks." Right? I don't even. Not even a baby makes me happy. I'm I'm oppressed. <laughs> that's what you. That's what you think. She's 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 too woke to be a wife. Yes. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'd like to have. That Wasn't she too. one of the first ones to walk out? I think so. Yeah. I think she was. Oh, yeah. was she? Oh. I'm telling you, follow the Marthas. They didn't even take a they, long time. I'm with you. They Without the Marthas, the, nothing, none of that would have happened. <laughs> so that's where it's at. That's where the uprising is. I think she's is. joining the network. Um, well, we'll see where the network goes. Because she can't just walk back to... Think about this, Josh. She can't just walk back up to the mansion being like, hey, guys. Well, Where's she going to go? Yeah, like, how I can she join the network? I think like, she's she just going to show up, like, knocking on what doors. Like, hey, do you need a Martha? Explain. Do you need a Martha? I think, but I think there's a un- <laughs> there's literally an underground, right? Or people are not living underground, right? But they're not they're not a part of the rest of but where society. are they physically? Where I don't are know. They? They have, he had a little secret tunnel. I don't know. They got a little. I don't know about no, that. No, I think she needs to go back. I think that that. Because here's, here's, here's the Because here's the thing though, like again, we all know that this went down. Nobody else knows that this went down. Right. Like it went well, down. Well, they don't know what went down exactly, but I don't think anybody's gonna believe Fred's. I don't know what happened. Also, oh, she carved the shit in the wall. Yeah. She's well, gonna wall back again, up and stay in her room. Nobody knows that. Oh. Who knows that? Fred knows that. She knows Fred that. Knows Nick that knows it because Nick's standing there making sure he doesn't go outside. And that phrase came from the closet because that's where it, to the know. wall, and then it'll be, and your house is next. There you you know, like, see, I don't know. Yeah, there'll be something. I don't think she can just walk back to that house and be like, "Oh yeah, I did that." No, don't mind that. I was just in a frenzy. I was feeling kind of frustrated. And well, I feel like I just went for a walk. I yeah. feel like the one person that could kind of make all that happen is Serena, and the fact that she could seemingly, even though Fred kind of played his hand of. Chopping her finger off and, as he said, reminding her of what her role is. I still think she holds a lot of sway with him and being able to maybe even play the card that, oh, I've learned my lesson and, you know, I'm going to be the upstanding Gilead wife again and maybe play that card to kind of get things back to normal in the house. And I don't know. It just is so up in the air. You don't know. You don't know. It's a mystery. Anything else that surprised anybody about this episode? Everyone is just like oh, everything. All of the things. All of the things, right? All of the things were surprising. Yeah. It was a really I mean, it was a good episode. Yeah. For good sure. episode. It did what it should have done. I, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree too. So I don't know. All right. Well, that's the that's the last uh that's the last podcast for this season. Or is it? Hey everybody, it's Justin. Just wanted to make a little announcement here for those of you that are not familiar with the podcast. Um we don't take a hiatus. That's right. 
May Day will not be going away. We will uh, draw back a little bit, probably to once a month. But you will continue to see us on the social media. We will continue to put out a podcast. We will continue to talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we will continue to talk about things that we think that you guys will be interested in. So uh, please stay subscribed. Keep following us on social media, at Handmade Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with everything that we will have. Uh, we'll keep up with all the news about the show. Anything that happens, you will hear it from us. Uh, any new interviews we get, you're going to hear it from us. Anything we want to cover that we think that you will dig, you're going to hear it from us. So it's going to be a very fun off-season. We wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has listened to us this season. It has been absolutely unbelievable, and we... Uh, cannot overstate it enough how much we appreciate all of you listening out there so please stay subscribed uh, to mayday and we will bring you some fantastic content thank you all very much for making this season absolutely incredible and uh hope you enjoyed the finale see you guys